Welcome to Speak It On. This program is designed for the edification and entertainment of the listeners and not designed to be representative of a church, nonprofit organization, or denomination. Opinions expressed are solely those of the host. Hey, hey, welcome back. So, in the past, you've heard me be pretty rough on ministers. I am a minister, I've served in churches, so that kind of throws it in in the ballpark a bit. But in due fairness, let's turn the tables for a moment, because i got to be honest, I've been a church member, I've been a believer longer than I've been a minister. And let me also clarify that every believer is a minister. Some believers are chosen by God to have abilities to equip the people in the pew. Those people we term pastors, usually. And again, they're supposed to be equipping people in the pew to do ministry. So, now ran across a, a sermon where some information was being uh, was being uh, thrown out there and basically this particular minister said that uh, over 1500 pastors left the ministry every month last year unfortunately they didn't run that figure to ground because uh, that particular figure has quite a lot of discussion around it as to the accuracy of it and its uh, being today because it's a 20-year-old figure. However, comma, I did find that on pastoralcareinc.com they have some statistics, and these were compiled from several sources. Uh, they were taken from the Fuller Institute, Barna, Lifeway, Schaefer Institute, and so forth. And I find these, in, according to the, the website's newly revised statistics, the, this will still, hopefully, break your heart just a bit. Now, first of all, uh, and I'm not going to share all these because it's a whole page full, but let me just pick some for highlights and then encourage you to look these up. First one I noticed is 72% of pastors reported working between 55 to 75 hours per week. Okay. 84% of pastors feel that they're on call 24-7. Hmm. Okay. 80%. And this is... This is the one that really kind of gripped me by the throat. 80% believe pastoral ministry has negatively affected their families. Many pastors' children do not attend church now because of what the church has done to their parents.
75% of pastors report significant stress-related crises at least once in their ministry. So, <laughs> the thing is, what you're fine, and, and, and here's the thing the family figure is the one that really just is amazed, just, just grips me. 80% believe that their ministry has neg negatively affect their families. Okay, so here's, here's, the, here's the story. What do we want? We being the church, we being the congregation, what do you want out of your pastor? What do you want? In the past, I've seen some pretty horrific things done to pastors, including... Ugly words written in salt rock on their lawns. Okay? And I'm not going to go into all of the hor hor horrible details because everybody's got stories. But let me just say that we somehow expect pastors to be financial wizard um and then counselor, legal expert, and uh, Tony Robbins level public speaking skills all wrapped up into one guy or lady. And we never want them to see their family. We want them to be pleasant. We want their 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 wives or their husbands to be sweet and wonderful and and skilled at something because man it's a two for one. Yeah, you get a pastor, you get two people for the price of one, right? That's the way they used to look at it, and I'm telling you. You know. Used to be, you know, the pastor and then his wife played the the uh, especially with smaller churches, you know, pay, you'd hire the pastor. Hey, does your wife play the piano, or does you know? Well, that's okay. We'll make her uh, teach Sunday school. So you get a two for one. Yeah, but you're paying for one, all right. And then we won't let them be with their kids. We want them to have kids, and we want the kids to be beautiful and wonderful. But we don't want their parents to be there with them. And you might say, well, L.A., that's, that's silly. Who's, who, who says they can't be with their kids? Well, we do, because we want them. And access, 24 blooming 7. And that is the blooming truth. 84% of the pastors feel they're on call 24-7. When do we leave them alone? Most of the time, people get really hacked off if... A deacon, you know, you, you call for an urgent issue. You want the you want the head dude. You want the president of the company. Well, ladies and gentlemen, when you call customer service, you know, at, at a health for your health coverage, they don't give you the president of the company. You know, now, um, are they the president of a company? Well, they shouldn't be, but yeah, we treat them like CEOs, too. And we put them in charge of money. 
And some churches don't pay their pastors really well and put them in charge of money. Well, I'm sorry. Then we just, like, go, I don't understand why he ran off with the money. Because he's human. She's human. And yeah, that's wrong. And no, they shouldn't do it. And yeah, you ought to file criminal charges. But here's the thing. Let's take a little responsibility in the pew. Because again, the ministry of the church is not up at the pulpit. It's in the pew. That's where the ministry of the church is. We want them to give us counseling. We want them to console us. But the second they say something we think is odd, we want to sue their little pants off. Well, no wonder pastors can't give anybody counseling. Used to be a pastor, you could go in and get counseling with a pastor. And it was perfectly fine as long as they stayed in their bailiwick, in their region. They, in other words, are not supposed to be telling you, diagnosing mental health issues with people. As long as they stay in their bi- in, you know, in their zone. And the really good ones will know where to send you for professional help if you need it. But here's the thing. They don't dare do that now. They're scared to demon death. Why? Because they're going to get sued. (laughs) Because why? In the U.S., we will grab a lawyer for anything. We will. It's insane. And so, we wonder why the pastors, you know, well, you know, that wasn't very specific. Well, you know why? He's scared of demon death. And then, uh, you know, and so we don't think anyone else in the whole church can do ministry but the blooming pastor. And you know something else? I'm totally not understanding why we have to have a pastor with a master's degree. And I think I've mentioned this in prior podcasts. That blows my ever-loving mind. Now, I've got a master's degree. I've got two. But here's, in one's secular and one's in pastoral theology. And so, here's the thing. Do, do, do people in the pew study at a master's level? If they do, tell me where that place is. Because <laughs> I want, you know, I want to, you know, I want to do some easy. Do me some research. If you have a whole congregation studying at a master's level, holy Toledo, that's awesome place. Hopefully they're doing what they're learning because, again, the purpose for study is to revere. And revere means you it changes your behavior. So here's the thing. We educate the ever-living pejeebers out of them. And by the way, when they're in seminary, we're going to starve them. Most of the time, you know, there are programs and there are churches who see the need, who are really good churches that, that see the need for 
ministers to get help getting trained. But anyway, we expect way too much, first of all. And the other thing is, we want them to do things they're really not supposed to be doing. You know what a pastor is supposed to be doing? Teaching. You know why? Because in the Bible, when Paul talks to Timothy, he's talking about what a pastor does, and they're supposed to be teaching. That's why they got deacons in the book of Acts, so that the apostles could be teaching the word. So, yeah, they're supposed to be teaching. And we're supposed to be learning and listening. Most pastors don't teach half of what they know. And a lot of pastors don't know a whole lot, unfortunately, because they really don't think that they're a scholar. But but guess what? You know what a disciple is? That's a student. You know what we are disciples of? Jesus. You know what Jesus is? A teacher through the Holy Spirit. And you know what we're supposed to be doing? Learning everything we bloom and can. In every level, we could possibly do it based on the ability that God has given us. That's what we're supposed to be doing, and we're supposed to be letting that change our behavior. Now, how is the pastor supposed to study when we got him running like a chicken all over the church, doing everything on the planet they're not supposed to be doing, including being in charge of money because we think they're a CEO, and they're not. A lead pastor is supposed to have, it needs to be in a team. They need to be in a team. Some traditions have a two-fold ministry projection, and ministry staff. They got, basically you got deacons and you got pastors. All right. Others have three, deacons, elders, and pastors. I like that even better. But here's the thing. Whether you use two or you use three, a pastor needs to be on a team. And I don't mean running it like a coach. Because a coach tells you to shut up and do your job and go out there and do stuff pastor is supposed to be making decisions with a team, a senior pastor, first among among equals. And that means they're not any better than any other pastor there. And you know what? We pay pastors differently, too. But here's the thing. What do we do? to help these people. They have to have time with their families. They have to have time. We want their marriages to be great. They have to have time with their wives, with their spouses, their wives and husbands. They have to have time. They have to have time with their kids. They have to have time where they, where they don't have to deal with the utter crises that occur on a daily basis in every church. You know why? Because a church is a family. 
And you don't have to have dad do everything. You know why? Because mom's smarter. In a lot of ways. So, family is a unit. It's a group. That's why the family is the most sanctified institution on the planet. Absolutely. It's the first thing God really made. As as a group. He took one person, Adam, made him two, and said, go multiply. That's a family. So now... What do we do? Look at... We have to look at the ministers differently. We have to. We have to look look at them as a group and not a one-man show. They are not Superman. They have Jesus in them, or they should... But they're not Jesus himself. They cannot touch you and cure everything in your life. Now, I'm not saying prayers of a pastor can't heal you. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is, is we have to rely on each other. The pastors are supposed to train the people to do the ministry. And I've mentioned this before. We definitely ask them to do too much. And if you're going to ask them to do a lot, if you're going to do a 40-hour work week, which evidently some of these people don't, because they're saying, no, that never happens for me, And I know what that feels like. I've done social work before. Whoa. But the thing is... Do you want... Do you want a... Do you want a pastor? You need... We need a teacher. A pastor teacher. Someone who can lead us... In the direction God's trying to get us to go. And they do that with preaching and their and the gifts that God's given them to equip us but for heaven's sake uh, if your pastor doesn't have a bachelor's degree in finance you know I think even if they did pastors in some ways, need to have checks and balances for their own safety having to do with money because it's a temptation they don't stop being human just because they're pastors I mean we got a ton of examples for that jazz but I think we we should set them up to succeed take care of them the best we can and support them to help their families. You want to see great families with pastors? Then make it a make it a, a possibility. Let them have the time to do that. Now I'm not saying give them a cakewalk. 
when when they're when they're teaching and preaching, they need to come with an A game as often as they possibly can. But that's where you ought to see the progress. Your pastor ought to know more every month than he did before or she did before. So, with that in mind, I want to encourage you to keep on keeping on. Thank you for listening to this edition of Speak It On. And as always, don't be afraid to speak the word in boldness and truth. And may God bless all of your efforts.